0: Yeah, welcome to the Niger Filmmaker, a podcast about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Sele Gott. On this episode, my guest is Femi Ojide. He's a cinematographer and has worked on documentaries, commercials, and music videos. He has shot films like Sugar Rush, Juju Stories, and A Response to Your Message. We talk about his process, basic skills a DP must possess. And shooting juju stories. If you're a new listener, you're welcome, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Femi, you're welcome to the Niger Filmmaker.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Selen. Uh, good to finally meet you.
0: Yeah, same here. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so can you introduce yourself?
1: Well, um, my name is Femi Awadde, I'm a cinematographer. And um, I worked across commercials and narratives, music videos, and uh, documentaries. Um, I was based in Lagos, but now based in London. I don't have a gun.
0: Okay. All right. Can you tell us, like, you know, how your journey into filmmaking, cinematography, how it started? Yeah. So, mm-hmm.
1: Uh, quite an interesting one. Um, I think it was a couple of times. You see you know, I led here. Um, I didn't think it was. I mean, I didn't feel like I started one way and said, "Oh well, yes, I was going to study cinematography. I'll choose for a career." Um, um, I started first in IT and then later uh, moved to uh a degree in physics um electronics yeah and then from physics i go into advertising um, actually was um in advertising from uh from nyc and also happens to be one of those places i've always said i would love to work you know so i really liked the, like, the challenge or like the opportunity that gave me so I was initially in like strategic planning, you know, and always, I kind of always told the head of departments or like the company head that I would really love to do multimedia because I saw, I think I'd been interested in multimedia already. Yeah. And knew one or two things, but I didn't have a lot of experience in it or I didn't even train for those things yet. But I'd been, maybe flirting with maybe like little animation or design with uh i think back then it was fireworks before and photoshop and then like little web design things like that yeah i got really interested in multimedia when i saw the guys in multimedia department then where they worked the way they go out sometimes even the way they dress like because uh, we the other part of the advertising agency was asked to be in like um like corporate for um corporate uh, casual and um, corporate casual, is that how you said? Yeah. Um yeah, and they would just be casuals, they wore anything, wear shots and you know, go out, take the camera out, animate really cool stuff. So I got really fascinated by that. And then later, I think a year after I joined the company, I had the opportunity to move into multimedia and I started uh, working in that space and learning. And then um, eventually I decided to go for a master's degree in something similar, which was here in London, in t- yeah. So in 2010. So I came to London studying what was called, um, Advanced multimedia designs and 3D technologies mm. it was more or less a post-production course. Like we had visual effects and all those things and some programming in there. And yeah, three technology, 3D technologies like stereoscope, 3D, and um, like um, 3D animation, and then like 3D technologies like motion capture, which those things I really loved. But well, one of the things that happened during that course was. 'Cause we had to work on stuff. We also had to film what we were working on. And yeah. I found I found it more fun to light and film all those things, green screen, whatever, mm. than working like on the actual project itself in terms of like the composition and all those other things. So I think that kind of prompted my um, interest and curiosity to learn more about cinematography and I slowly just gravitated towards that from there. Yeah. Um, of course I moved back to Nigeria and I just decided I was going to start I was still doing those post-production stuff at, for money, but mm. I graduated to a point where I just took out every other title from my profile, it just called myself a cinematographer eventually.
0: Yeah. Okay, so what was your first job as a cinematographer? Was it like a French short film? What was that for you?
1: Uh, first job as a cinematographer, I wouldn't even say maybe like, I think it was more on a content kind of, you know, I think, was it a documentary? Yeah, I think it was a documentary. I think it was a documentary for a logistics company. Yeah. It was in Red Star or something then. Um yeah. Um it was it was was a documentary job for a logistics company and um I directed and shot it too. So yeah. with minimal, um no gaffer, You set up your own lighting, you know, but I had yeah fairly I think that was the first time also I was getting paid to do that. Yeah. And that's and getting you know, some teams
0: higher and things like that. Yeah. And what would you say are like some new lessons that you learned from that experience? You know, leading the team, directing it, and also shooting it. Like what were some would I say hard, hard lessons you learned?
1: Yeah, I think um I think the most important lesson from that project would be the realization that I, I I I felt I needed to learn more. Mm. You know, there are certain projects you do and you try to achieve something and you probably face some difficulties in achieving them, especially in lighting. Lighting lighting is um is very um underrated I would saying. like the importance of that like, what we do is everything so yeah. I think one of the things I realized then was yeah some of those ideas leave in my head or like executing them kind of became a little bit tough in the project. So I got through um but yeah I I I took it away from that but I needed to learn a lot more in that in that field. And secondly I think the second thing I would say or oh, I could call now of one- Think would be that I needed to bring in more people to work with. Like I can't handle everything. Because yeah. on the projects I was directing, I was lighting, I was eating I was editing, I was grading, I was doing visual effects, I was doing everything. Mm. You know. And so the only thing I got from people for was for makeup and mm-hmm. sound, and maybe one extra muscle pair of hands to help in lifting things or carrying things around. So I think, yeah, that was quite overwhelming when I realized okay so, yeah, you needs to be, you know, you need, need to collaborate with more people, so, like you need to get professionals, you know, get what they're doing on board. Yeah. You know, that would hopefully make the job easier, or at least we can concentrate more on what's most important for your role.
0: Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, at this point you are working in an agency. Um, were you still working at this agency when you worked on your first film?
1: Um, on the documentary,
0: right? so like um actual like narrative film, so not documentary like the
1: narrative film didn't come until a later. Um I wasn't uh, by the time I came back, I wasn't employed any of just uh-huh. freelance. Um but uh narrative project in terms of film I think yeah. came much later because I wasn't interested at first in narrative at all. I wasn't I was interested in um commercial and documentaries. I also wasn't interested at all in music videos.
0: Huh. Um
1: but there I got a call. I think um there was an event where I had a deep discussion. I met um Tok Miroshi director and we had a brief discussion and um after that i think she probably had noticed my work after then from there or maybe after that discussion i don't know um so but she reached out to me and said she had a very little project that she wanted to do and she would like me to film and i was like i don't think i want to do that like i didn't feel um I didn't feel I wanted first, wanted to do anything narrative and I didn't feel I was ready for it. Yeah. Uh, well, sure. But like, yeah, I think we can, I think we can do it, let's talk about it. And then we spoke about it and I agreed to, to come board. I shot that one, I think it was a, it was a TV feature thing, I was shot yeah. for crazy, like on like a crazy schedule for like five days.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah so that um yeah i think that was the first that was the first major marriage
0: yeah how how were you able to you know like coming from documentary commercial space where there's a bit of time you know to do stuff and then you know having to shoot a whole um project in five days how like is it something that after the first day you kind of got a grasp of it or you pretty much like jumped into the deep end from the beginning?
1: I think it was, you don't, I don't think for that kind of job, you have like time to start like thinking about it. Like it's um, it's a schedule of real time. So we have to jump in. But one thing about my process is even from like my early times or early days, I like, I'm usually very, um, um, I usually go into projects preparing, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. So I think I was, I already saw the schedule. I knew it was going to be crazy,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: had a lot of conversations. For a short term, we had a couple of you know conversations to prep, and so I knew what I was going to be for. I mean, it was still shocking, nonetheless. But um, yeah, I don't think we'll have the time to start adjusting. Mm-hmm. Um, for that kind of project. We just wanted to But one of the things I also now took out from that was like the respect for people who uh, maybe before that time I would usually be on the side. You know, and maybe one of the reasons why I wouldn't even go into industry then was the fact that uh, the, the, what I saw coming out of the industry I didn't like and I felt like. A lot of people didn't didn't know enough um, of what they do to work in that space, you know. Mm. But like when I saw what the process was and what they had to, like there was no budget back then. Like yeah. here, this amount of money for mm-hmm. a, a director like top at that time, you know, like in in some other spaces or some other countries. By the time we were doing that project, it was more year now. A top would be on like some of the biggest projects, you know, but like in yeah. Nigeria at that time, she's still having to work on that kind of level. So I saw a, a different um working environment or like how people had to just manage and make something happen. And I think I I had a really respect for um for people in the
0: industry or like the process or what they have to contend with yeah okay so let's talk about your process um once you're brought on a project like what are the conversations you're having what how are you preparing for um the first day of principal photography
1: okay um yeah i think the prep for uh the principal photography starts way way before um that day itself, you know, like, um, usually would require time to, you know, speak and understand each other in terms of like the director and the relationship, um, speak because you, you have two people coming together to combine or to collaborate on ideas. You have the director who's got this vision that they want to, um, um, bring to forward or like to produce. And. You have someone who is coming on the creative side of things as a DP, who is supposed to bring the vision to life and through the lens, uh, through the camera and lens. So the, the, both people are coming from different philosophies of life. Uh, if you're lucky, you get um, similar philosophies, but it can be 100% similar. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to understand each other first, um, kind of like a culture like, like a relationship, really. you we know, yeah. you know each other, uh, understand each other first, and what makes this person and what are uh, the director's sensibilities. You know, you test sometimes with ideas. You see if like them or they don't. Some would, would, would like them, some would shut it down, some would offer in um, in um, in, um an alternative view. Um, or offer an insight into where they are coming from or how they want to approach the things. Yeah. Some direct, some indirect, you know, like things like that. So you have to spend the initial days um having those discussions and getting to know each other better. And then you start going into the process itself, like the work itself, um, um and the help of like references from either arts, works or uh, music for some directors. I worked with a director earlier this year, and the first thing the director sent to me was music, his yeah, yeah. playlist, hmm. and had to be sent his plays first, and which which is quite different. And some would be, I uh, think, like from photographs and some would be from other things. So would um, on most times you have a mix of everything. And you have to now go start sorting and or like contributing visuals to the cool to represent like key key parts of the film or key key parts of the story. Um yeah. then build outwards from there. Um yeah, so that would usually be the initial initial part of it. And then um sometimes mm-hmm. usually or um you'd usually have like a production designer, mm-hmm. um or, um, who would usually um piece together like the theme in terms of design, in terms of color, in terms of all these things, in collaboration with the director um, and hopefully in the evening. But sometimes the production design is morning um earlier than evening, And you will have to help blend all these ideas together as well, um, yeah. to have um into like the story elements and what makes sense in terms of the mm-hmm. um, philosophy of the story. You know? So um, we'd we'll have those conversations as well, uh, story breakdown, storyboarding for the directors we want to work that with, and then we go into like um, um for the different scenes. we we'll talk about how we want to cover the scenes, the coverage, um, blocking, you know, things like that. Just a lot of conversations really. Um, um hopefully by by the time you get on set for day one, we're all reading the same, thinking mm. the same. There won't be a lot of um, confusion between and director, and hopefully um between the entire group, everybody on the same page and we're all
0: yeah. good to go. okay. Usually like some cinematographers start out as um second ACs and you know they work their way up and I guess this experience kind of prepares them for what they'll be you know working with what they'll be handling but um for you like what are some basic skills that every cinematographer must possess? There yeah, are basic
1: skills. I think um mm, that's a good question. I think um the most important skill um is the insight with um, be artistic, with the technical inside. Yeah. Um, you, you know, like they say, it's a blend of both, you, you blend of the technical aspects of things, blend of the, the creative side of things. Yeah. Um, like if you don't have the like, creative inside already, you're lacking one um, of the most important core of who a cinematographer is I think um, a cinematographer also needs to be able to be um, present in terms of like noticing or like just being aware of this, the environment or like, the surroundings. Yeah. Like, What's going on in real life? You know, the um, minute of is in terms of how, um, um, for instance, light falls on things, and light shifts they, things differently um, in the morning, in the evening, um, late afternoon, same objects, like the way they react differently or like the way they present differently under different lighting conditions. Um, you must be able to be present and be aware of those things. Yeah. Um, you must also be um, a leader, because uh, a lot of what you're doing also is managing people. You can't do it by yourself, So you need to be able to... Uh, have that leadership qualities or um, those leadership qualities um, to be able to carry a team along and be able to communicate like, very effectively to the team. Because a um, lack of that would cause a lot of frustration for both me and the team and the director. It's you know, just going to be So you have to be able yeah. Just I think. Um, Basically, what you look for if you're trying to hire a good person for a role or leadership or a video. Yeah. Um, Core things. You know, the driving, you see the attention to details, all those things like similar things.
0: Okay. All right. So, can you mention three random facts about yourself? Random. Yeah, random.
1: Nah, I don't know. I don't know if I have random facts, but I'm as um, I'm as simple as uh, you see. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but okay. yeah.
0: So, um, like, what what is your favorite genre of music?
1: Now I do not have favorite genre of music. I think I just um I I go by feel. Yeah. Um, today I'm playing this yeah. Tomorrow I'm playing some weird choir music. Mm. Big things
0: that, you know, um, and it's just a mix yeah okay so hopefully this next one you'll be able to answer Um, can you mention like a favorite um movie or TV series that you are happy to you know mm-hmm. rewatch in the event that you were stuck on an island ah my question
1: um, I think uh, the first Jurassic Park,
0: yeah,
1: that, that's a very that's one I go to like quite a lot um, for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah, I think in terms of imagination, I think that was the first time I've seen anything like it. Yeah, and also for the first time, like was like three D animation computer-generated imaging was used in like, the, movie, the mission, um, was used to make sense. So, yeah. yeah, that that is a that's a big one for me. Um, there's a film, um, there's a musical called Mulani Rouge. Um, okay, yeah. Musical, and that, like, I, I don't know what it was about it then. I don't think I was even, like, thinking cinematography then. But mm. the colours in really bad to me. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anything that colourful. And it was, yeah, it was, I thought about that for a long time. And I always, I always go back to him sometimes to watch him.
0: Yeah.
1: That, yeah, that one. Yeah. There are probably, maybe if you ask this question, I know that they have some other, or another opinion. But Yeah, yeah it still come to mind.
0: Okay. Most times, they, on a project, the director tends to be sometimes the least experienced because, you know, technical, crew, um camera crew, sound um, crew, they move, they move across projects more often than a director would. Um, for you, like what kind of makes for a great director, cinematographer, collaboration?
1: Mm. I think an ideal director does not exist for an ideal would be a director that combines like a great vision. Mm-hmm. um also great leadership abilities and a, a, a listener and a good storyteller hmm. um think, think those things um yeah like good temperament um and yeah just really hard working, like making sure the story we have in mind you can see it comes alive
0: um, yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: I think the director is quite similar in terms of what they need to do to a similar and in terms of like temperament, in terms of like sensibilities. Yeah. Um, they're quite similar so.
0: Okay. And so yeah, you, you mentioned that you um you completed the master's degree in advanced multimedia and 3D technologies with a bit of um visual effects. Having this experience and you know that background, how do you think it has, you know, influenced the way you work?
1: Yeah, I mean it um has um it's, it's a very useful it's a very useful skill set to have as a VP because you see all the ends, all the different sides of, of things. Mm. Um like yeah it, it, um, from pre-production you're already thinking of composition um or compositing um in terms of be really if it's needed um mm-hmm. you're also already thinking of technical um, um difficulties you may experience in, in post-production um uh, you, you know transitions and things like that um, so it helps usually when i have discussions with um like visual effects um supervisors or artists um, yeah. the projects they are usually happy that i can speak their language directly and mm. um, the projects i did, um like it's like two years now um and it's not released yet so i don't know if i can talk about it um but yeah so i um, had meeting with the Vision Fets in the Vision facts company in the name and mm-hmm. they, were, you know, they were really happy about how we could um, easily talk about things, you know, and eventually we decided not to hire a supervisor here for okay. the project asked me to do you know, light references and so, yeah, usually usually helps, usually helps
0: Okay. And um what would you say is the um cinematographer's role during post production, especially the color grading phase?
1: Well, yeah, I mean um because when you're coming from when you're coming from, from your pre-production, you're building um you know, you're building the treatment, you're building the a board for how you want these things to turn out. You're building like color palette, you're building all those things, and your job doesn't finish at the film, because you still now have to make the footage you captured, um, comply with the idea you have in terms of how it comes out in the end. You know, you don't see in long, you get like, you yeah. see the yeah, yeah, vision is vivid. So you have to bring those raw captures and edits and all those things. And sometimes even guide in the post-production process like editing because you and the director had some conversations and we are both trying to make it, um, into that final thing that you need as discussed.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes
1: you have to step in, in. For instance, um, director needs help in communicating some of those things to the team, to the post-production team. But yeah, the job doesn't finish until the visual is achieved.
0: Okay. So let's talk about um Juju stories. You know, um you were shooting three different parts of this one film. Yeah. How was the shadow? Did you guys have um did you like focus on one part of the film and finish shooting or it was all kind of mixed and you know, working with the three directors, three um, you know, strong directors with Three different like kind of visual languages to how they like to you know capture their stories, like how was it working with the surreal sixteen team
1: yeah um it was a it was a good exercise um to have you know, like at first it's they are three different stories you know? um, yeah. so that helps um, it, it, it's still they're still separate. the scripts came in. I think I got the suite for, um and sort of the Witch first. We shot that one first. and then a couple of months later, we shot the other two. Yeah, but it, it's um it's a good exercise because you get to um, play the different themes um, in the same anthology, you and um. The directors, like the writing nations are also key in their approach. Job also was done in the post-production, mean, pre-production. Why mm. are each one wants to work in that stage, and mm. what each one wants to focus on in their style of film. Yeah. And in some ways as well, they're by, they're by the same because I think they share. They share some common goals, and that's why they're uh, movement like the uh, stories. Yeah, you know, so has have the similar taste some somehow in some ways as well. So you, it's a mix and match. Like you're trying to um, just make it as different as possible, but also like kind of make them sit in the same world, Because if Because you notice in the three stories, there's like the character. Um, running through and the entire thing. So it's yeah the same one. But different different things happening.
0: So. Okay. So for you, like where do you draw your inspiration from? Like with the way you frame stuff and the way you light, like what are the things that influence those decisions for you?
1: I think a lot of a lot of my approach to writing comes from like natural world.
0: Mm.
1: But yeah. Um I mean, I pay a lot of attention to anything light. Um, yeah. As you're speaking now, I'm looking at light. My gaze is on light, lights on cars on the street. So uh, anything light just grabs my attention, like naturally. Um, so um, I usually look at how um, light is shaping things or bouncing off things. Yeah. Or, acting of things or you know all a combination of all I mean, the strong lights coming into the room bouncing off the color of the chair and the color is now splashing back on the wall and things like that mm. um usually quite sensitive mm. to that and then i try as much as possible to watch some um, um examples like different films as well like new films, like how lighting is done. And it's not necessarily like setting scenes, because I have certain scenes I like to see, but also setting like random, it could be random stuff. It could be even like a Hollywood film, mm-hmm. and I just think, And whether or not like they intended to do it or not, but I catch something there and I be like, oh, that's actually really cool. And how that happens, how that happens I just incorporate it into my work with the story beneath. So that's that's the way it works. And sometimes, or oh, a lot of times, um, I look at artworks, um, old masters, um, Dutch masters, and things like that, and um, some more contemporary ones as well. I look at how they, they, they paint and um, particular um, attention to light. High forms, I goes into the room or spaces. Yeah,
0: what can young cinematographers kind of explore or look into to set themselves apart from the competition?
1: In terms of what can I enhance their skills, right? Like, yes. Other vocations, like, yeah. Of, um, anything really that sharpens your mind would always um, come into play. Like film, film is one of those. Um, um, spaces where like a lot of fields kind of intersect you know um you, you, know, you, you have painting you you can have a painter um you can have um a craftsman you know you a you know, carpenter you can have all these things come into play like in the same in the same world so whatever like whatever should be, basically sharpens your mind or like gives you um it's a, a different experience um could be film related could be some some of the things could be just travel with the adventures and you know could be a hype anything can really inspire that makes level stuff. like you can get a your, 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 your um um experience for inspiration from anything um, I don't think I don't think it has to be like specific or anything like that but there are certain basics that is important for people to know or at least practice when they're not actively working on like a film set you know yeah. that's something like photography um, usually helps because you're training your eyes to see um you know, like, understand the world better and through the lens. You know, why when, when you look at the world in your eyes? It's quite different than when you restrict it into your box. Yeah. You know, so, um, I I do that myself because, like, 16 minute camera. I've got two 16mm cameras. Sometimes I just deeper that off and go somewhere and go to film something. You know. Yeah. Any whatever you can do to just make sure you keep your mind sharp in terms of imagery or visuals or creatively,
0: that. Um, and that could be anything. So. Okay. In the past you are based in Lagos and now you're based in London. Um, you know, I guess making making a name in one place is hard enough. And then, you know, being able to find work. In a new place, like moving and then finding work in another new place is, I mean, commendable. For you, what are some things that I did that helped with that transition?
1: I think having having a good portfolio mm-hmm. from where you're coming from helps. Um, you already work with the mindset that you want, you want your work to stand um, beside or be able to stand or hold its own beside any international job. Right? I think you're already on a good path, yeah. So, I've always had that mindset, like even from my like very first time in the second, I would want whatever I think to be able to stand anywhere and you wouldn't be judged based on oh, that's some Nigeria guy, um, the work is not good enough. Mm. And again, um, you, you should be the Nigeria is a place like every other place is a place, so my professionalism. Shouldn't have anything to do um, with where I'm coming from or where I'm working from. You get the work should still be good enough yeah. for any. You know. um so that's that's what makes the skill trans- transferable. So I think that was the basic for me. Like I was I had people coming coming out of Nigeria, and so when I got back here, um, um yeah, there was some setback. Like, coding. and I traveled, I moved over just before COVID started, so I was grounded for like a year. Yeah. But um as soon as I was able to share my work and share what I could do with people, um, I got these responses and and I was working me you and know,
0: um what can really good stuck like thing Yeah. Nice. Okay, so you know you've you've worked um in the Nigerian space um and I guess you have seen how the whole system works for you. What is something that, you know, the industry can focus on improving to, you know, elevate the work that comes out of the country?
1: I think just pushing the boundaries with each project, uh, one does, you know, like um, you do a project today or you finish a project today. um, You should be able to like sit down and critique it and see what you can do better there would always be something. There would always be something important that would be like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done this different. So I think it's that push, like that constant pushing or nudging yourself forward that helps. You know? Or you have people around you who can also tell you the truth you know, about what you've done. You know? some, some, I have some friends that would be able to say to me oh bro you know that's shit you know, like and you would laugh about it sometimes yeah it could be embarrassing
0: mm. and
1: sometimes they have a reason for it or excuses but it's yeah. all right as long as we you know that you do we can improve on it that's good but you should always have people around you who are better who can point it out or even maybe on the same level who you both can or who you all can tell each other the, the, the truth about things. Oh, you know, you could have done this, or you could have done this better. You know, that approach works than that, you know, and you can do the same for them as well. So, but also, um, just just having the self-drive, the drive by yourself to include, I think is what would make the industry better. I already see like a lot of, um, um, a lot of cinematographers in Nigeria kind of working for this can stand yeah. anywhere. That's the yeah. truth. And it, it, it takes time. It takes money as well. Like when budgets start getting better, People take more risks so, with um, the project. People can think better with the project. They have less limitations in terms of oh we can achieve that because we don't have money. You know they can now try to do it or even if, they, even if it fails, they know that that at least, okay, they go with some kind of experience in that line.
0: Yeah.
1: They've tried it, um, it works, or it fails this time, or they've tried it, something. So, and you see, you see, you see the effect of the influx of projects and like better projects in the industry already, like Yeah. People are producing better jobs, you are seeing better technical knowledge, better pay, um, um, you know, and an influx influx of also um uh, cinematographers from outside of or technicians or artists from outside the country coming into work in the space, which is usually a good indication of the progressive and you know, creative industry.
0: Mm. Okay, so yeah, people should have um constructive conversations about their work and then yeah, don't repeat the same mistake twice.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, be be willing to take risks and or learn, 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 learn.
0: Okay, um, where can people find you know your show reel, things you've worked on?
1: Um, I, I think it's easier to, to um easier to go through my Instagram. Um, I put things there sometimes, yeah. but also in my bio, I upload my um, the links to my um, my website um, and you can you can see some of the there but you can also just search Femi or or Dino for or Instagram I think it's easier to keep on what I'm doing yeah uh, or what doing this interview.
0: okay um, thanks Femi for coming on the podcast thank you for the opportunity We have come to the end of this episode. Remember to rate and review the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Selegal Film and the podcast at the Niger Film Pod to share your feedback. You can now support the podcast by visiting the website to donate. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.